Show Self Podcast. I'm Swanee. It's James. I'm Clint. Welcome back. <laughs> oh boy. It's been a couple weeks. Well, you guys took so long. I just was like, guys, we should probably do a podcast. That's how horrible you two are for not doing it. That's right. You took initiative. Made right. that happen. That's right. We actually, we got a couple. It's kind of funny. We got internet leads. So if someone's ever looking at one of our cars, they can like click, uh, get more information and give us their information. And then we like contact them. We got a couple of those that said, where's the podcast? Seriously, though. <laughs> so uh, since we've been gone for a couple months. Oh, that's bad. Oh, it has been too long. Ooh, don't say that. Again. Two of us had birthdays. That's right. That's right. James and Clint. James, what did you guys do for your birthday? Getting older. So we uh, so we rented a hotel room and uh, went up there. Went I probably money. wouldn't continue with that story. <laughs> Keep, we're keeping it PG. Oh, at a hotel, went to dinner, and then uh, the next night we actually so we stayed a second night and had our kids come up and went swimming with them. That was fun. It was great. So that was just your local. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. And then Clint, you took off down south to St. George, is that right? Yeah, we went to we went to St. George to get uh, some of that sunshine, some of those rays. Showed up on Friday. It was whoa, whoa, keep it beautiful. PG, keep it PG, oh, well, okay, you were you're the one talking about getting a hotel room, but uh, we that's where you stay. That's where you stay. Literally <laughs> in, a, in a condo with a whole bunch of other people, so it wasn't that big a deal. But yeah, we go down there to get that the the sunshine and the warm weather. Sun, Friday is super beautiful. Literally rained the entire day Saturday, and then it was really beautiful Sunday when we drove home. So it was kind of like we could have stayed here and got the same weather, but we were still on a trip and it was fun. We, the kids don't care, so they were swimming in the rain. No big deal. Well, it I'm just going to say dibs on next, right? You two have had your vacation, so. Oh, bro, you're going on a, a cruise? That's yeah. going to be no chance you're going. Sorry. Coronavirus, oh, watch shut out. Down the ports. You're literally, I, bet you, I bet you you don't go. That's my guess. I'm not trying to make mirage you. I know. It's not looking good. I know. It makes me nervous. The coronavirus or not going? Not going. Okay. Okay, good. No, like, I, I've been following a, f- uh, a few of the, the cruises, and, like, um, they had a scare on Anthem of the Seas. I think it was Anthem. And it was sailing out of uh, New York and New Jersey. But they were, they were, like, two days delayed, and so they offered a full refund to anyone that wanted it. So I'm hoping, like, if things get real bad, that they could just do that. But the problem is, at that point, they're offering it. A day after the cruise is supposed to sail, so you've already flown out there and spent the money in airline tickets and things. But oh, okay, so you're saying. So I feel like you know the money won't be completely wasted if if things get really bad. But I also don't want them to just be like, oh, no refunds, we're good, just get on the ship and go, and then come back dead. We have face masks, <laughs> <laughs> face masks and hand sanitizer. Oh. Well, let's get right to it. Um, let's jump into the good and bad texts. Okay, this is this is actually super funny. This happened yesterday, and I look, I it, this text comes in. I look at Swan, I go, bro, we got our good and bad test all in one. Like, this is ridiculous. Okay, and it's actually it's not like horrendous, horrendous, but it, it is honestly pretty funny. Um, we have so I, I don't know how many people have reached out to you guys, but reached out to me directly. I've heard from maybe four people that have said good and bad texts are their favorite segment of the entire thing. Oh really? Yeah, dude. Let me think about oh, it. We, like, we, we yeah. That that's a that's a funny subject because there's just because we just rip on them. Well, yeah, and we just put them down and make them feel horrible. Tens of thousands of people out there, <laughs> and there we are, a diverse group of people. Like there's some there's some crazies out there. I get it. Okay. I, I thought you had this prepared. You're like scrolling like. He's on Instagram, Instagram right now. Get on the tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like six weeks deep Instagram, into your text. <laughs> okay. 
So it all starts, I get this phone call uh, from someone that's looking at one of our Jeeps and they're from Idaho. They're like, yeah, we want to come down tomorrow. Um, we're really interested in this. It's exactly what we're looking for. I'm like, great. Okay, so I get, uh, so I respond and then I get this text message. What would be the price out the door? Um, so I say it's going to be 14307 14307 And they said, how can we settle on a deal? Question mark. I have 13000 cash. I was going to buy almost the exact same Jeep tomorrow, but I like this one due to it being white. I would much rather have this one. Honestly, the very best I can do is $13,750. This is what you say. That's what I said. Okay. Very best I can do, $13,750. He's got 13 cash. Their response, 13000 cash, cash, exclamation point, no financing. That is a pretty good profit. Pause. Okay. This is the part that kills me. How on earth do we know if this is a good profit? Like, he certainly doesn't. I barely know if it's going to be a good profit. I had to look up the deal. How much we spend on this thing? Like, I think it's like just an outrageous assumption that this is, this is a good deal or this is a good profit. Um, anyways, I wrote back, like I said, 13750 is the best I can do. Best of luck. Their response, sounds good. Thank you for your time. Okay, the funny thing is I didn't even see that test where they, where they said thank you for your time. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, I got this. There's this other lady up in Idaho. I'm just going to sell it to them. Well, then she calls back in. She's like, hey, you never made me that video. And I was like. So you've had two different leads? There's two different people. The first is the chick that just wants to buy it from Idaho. And the second person is this person I'm texting. Okay. And so I'm like, okay, I'll make it for you. And so I'm, I'm going to work on this. And then he says, all right, you win. 13750 I say, awesome. Uh, I said, well, it was a good thing because I have someone else that's looking to buy it. He's like, oh, no, that's my wife. <laughs> so they were like mom and pop in you. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. The funny thing, I was like, it actually hurt their case because in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, I'm not going to discount it more. I got someone else that's interested. Oh, yeah. And it was them. Oh, yeah. But it was just pretty funny. Like, like I, I feel like it's important to break down a few things in case, in case it wasn't explained clearly, right? So first off, what was the, what was the Jeep listed for? Uh, like 13 grand. Anyways, the out the door was 14.3. Okay, so okay, so tactile licensing, all mm -hmm. that out the door. So I was given a 500, about a $500 discount. So, so the big thing is they don't know how much you own the car for. So right. when he says 13 grand cash, that's a good profit. Right. You could be losing money. I actually, it's actually a, wasn't a good profit. It's actually a break even deal. At 13.750, it's about a break even deal. We might make 50 bucks or something. We just, it's a car we need to get rid of. We've had it for a while. So it's actually not a good, I mean, tr truthfully, it's not. But also, we could own that thing. Like, how would he know? Like, you know what I mean? The, like, so, it's not, so you're not harping for asking for a discount. No, no. But to say, well, that's a pretty good profit, it's like, you don't know what my profit is. No, I know what my profit is. Well, and there's still this thing that uh, people, people believe that cash is king. Still? Oh, dude, all the time. That, you're right. That yeah, happens they, all What the if time. I pay cash? Same exact thing as if I finance. Well, actually, it's worse. No. If we finance yeah. it, we get money. Right. In, in most cases. Right. right. Explain, explain how it works. So if I arrange financing for a bank, I get what's called a flat. So it's like it's usually 2% of the amount financed. So if you well, finance... that's the best it is. What's, <laughs> okay. Thanks, Clint. You're welcome. Okay. So it's $20,000. I get 2%. So I get a $400 flat for arranging financing. Same exact so industry. That's if, that's if you do the paperwork here instead of yep. going to the bank. Yep. So, I, I mean, obviously, I prefer doing that. I get four hundred dollars. And so, if someone's like, "Oh, I got, I got nineteen grand cash," and we take that instead of financing twenty thousand, I'm like, "That's a fourteen hundred dollar discount. That's horrible." I'm like, no, I don't want to do any of that. So. And then when people bring in nineteen grand cash, I always say to them, 
you know what? Good for you that you can pay cash for this car. But this is horrible for me because not only do I have to count it, I have to take it all in and fill out an IRS tax form well, because it's too you, much money. And we're going to make you fill out the same IRS form so they can track your money. Yeah, you and it's like ten, more than 10 grand cash. I, have report I hand James $100 and say, here's, here's our profit, and I'm going to go deposit the rent. You know, it's like it's not it's – not, it's just money that's got to go into the dealership, so I'd rather have a cashier's check. But uh, another thing, I think cash is king when you're like yard selling. Yeah, and like yeah. Flash it in front or, of somebody. Or like even it. if you're buying a or, car off KSL sure, from yeah. an individual, I would have hundred percent. Right, you go in and they're yeah. like, that's money going to them. That's their money. Like you're handing them cash. Like it, it, there is something different. If you're trying to sell a four thousand dollar Honda on KSL, and someone shows up and they have thirty five hundred dollar bills grand, yeah. and hand it to you. That feeling of holding cash is a different feeling than someone writing a check or whatever. I completely agree. And you're most likely going to be like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Well, it's actually... You're here. On our very first, The very first car that me and Clint bought together was the Golden Goose. I'm sure we talked about Honda? it. Honda? Oh, yeah, we've made mention of the picture. We have a picture. I'm looking at it right now. The Golden Goose. Well... The black and white in that photo. Goose. Beautiful. It makes it look old. I'd love it. We, okay. we're, we're, we got to do another black and white because we're approaching yeah. a one-year anniversary tomorrow. of being open. Tomorrow. Oh, at this location. Yeah, yeah you're going to have to come in tomorrow. Revolutionary Auto. Well, yeah. Maybe let's take the picture today. Maybe let's do the picture yeah. today. Yeah, let's do it. A okay. one-year anniversary today. Oh, that's cool. I was Good thing I'm looking fresh. And Clint. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Shave I shaved my head real close today. <laughs> <laughs> What about me? You look pretty good. You could use it. <laughs> All right. But uh, anyway, that's pretty close to a year. But anyways, when we bought the Golden Goose, it was the guy was asking $2,500. I showed up. I had $2,500 cash. Well, I'm like, I'm going to get a discount. So I offered the guy $1,500, and he's like, no, I have someone coming down right now um, with $2,000, and I said I'd hold it for him. And I pull out $2,000 cash, count it out, and I literally hand it over to him, and he grabs it, and he literally looks down, and he's holding this $2,000 cash, and he stares at it, and he looks back up at me. Should I go get the title? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so it goes like, it's like, it was one of those funny things where like, Holding that cash really did change the way they were viewing the situation. Okay. Now, let's take a step away from that. that hey, is hey not- who's squeaking what over there? It might be me. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, moving around. Okay. Yeah. He's excited. But it's funny because now you take a step back and what we're doing, we're the exact opposite. Cash doesn't matter to me. And, like, it's, it's more of a hassle to me, you know, than anything. Now, being a dealer, one of the reasons we are a dealer and the reason that dealers even exist is the state wants their tax. That's what they want. They want to be paid tax on all, this, on all the vehicles that are sold. And so we are obligated by our dealer's license to collect sales tax no matter the situation, unless you live out of state. But, and that's why dealers exist the way that they do so that the state can make money. I mean, we make an exorbitant amount of sales tax every single month for, um, for our city, county, and state. Like, that's, that's why it's set up that way. And so because of that, it's, there's no deal that, like, I mean, someone else on KSL or on, you know, on a website, you know, on, you know, trying to sell on Craigslist or something, you can go get cash and you're not paying sales tax. You're not, you know, you're, you're filling out that title. Oh, I paid a thousand dollars for it. And I'm going to go pay my 70 bucks sales tax where that's not at all how it is here because, you know, we're all, yeah, and they just don't, they just don't, you know, connect the, the difference, you know, they're maybe used to buying stuff on KSL from totally individual fine. private not, party yeah. and they call a dealer and, and they feel that it's like the same approach, but in our eyes, it's not, but in their eyes, it is, you know, and so yeah. we're getting the benefit. And I think it's out, important to stress, like, we don't fault the customer for asking for a discount right. or, or playing the Whoa. game or saying It cash depends or... how big the discount is. If it's $5,000, I fault them. Yeah. Yeah. I fault them. And by fault, he means but he doesn't ask, respond. Yeah, right? 
He won't even respond. If it's that, if they ask for something like that, he either he won't respond because the response that he comes up with in his head is so horrible that he chooses not to throw. What happens is they're like, "Would you accept this?" And I literally text back, "No." Yeah, he doesn't even. He just says no. Yep. But hey, going no, going back to your this this I just share one thing that I thought was funny about the wife and then the husband and and you know I had a guy coming in on a truck. Um, it was a Raptor was sold recently and. Um, I'm chatting with him for like two or three days and he comes in and he looks at it, but he doesn't drive it and he's got to bring his wife in. And, and then that very same afternoon or the next morning, I can't remember, but I get a text and it says, can you send me the Carfax on the Raptor? Right. It's from yeah. a different person. And I'm like, Oh crap, dude. Cause this guy's like pretty committed, but he hasn't put any money in it. Right. So he, so he's he comes in. Um, so, okay. So as earlier in the day, he comes in to look at it and not drive it. And I go, um, and, and I, I'll be honest with people, like, if, if I don't have somebody else on the car, I won't say I have somebody else on the car. Like, I hate it when salesmen do that and they just make that crap up. I legitimately thought I had somebody else on the car. So I'm like, um, hey, you know, we got to do something, right? If you want to do it, let's get a deposit, whatever. I'm like, has somebody else text in and ask for a Carfax on the truck today? And I don't want you to lose it. We've been talking about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's my brother. He, he, just, he just texted in to get the Carfax. I'm like, what did you text in to get the Carfax, you know? And it's just funny because sometimes you get two people involved on the same thing. And I'm thinking I got two people. I only have one. Like, it's the same situation. It's just, yeah. it's just, it's just funny how that plays out. And then I kind of, I was like, oh, well, that didn't, that didn't create what I was hoping it created. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Soft <close> fail. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, uh, we apologize at the beginning because it's been like two months. And uh, I, f I got a phone call, actually. Where's the podcast? I'm from a couple of people. But I'm thinking about one in particular. And I just told them, I'm like, we had the absolute best month we've had in existence during traditionally the worst month in the car industry. For yes, us. yeah. We have been so busy. It's been so good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, we did, we had an awesome January. It was really the, the best, best month we've ever had. February's been, it's been good. Good, not great, but, uh, Still above average, I think, for February, especially for a small independent like us. But uh, we bought. Oh, don't remind me. Eighteen cars before me in forty-eight hours. Eighteen cars. It is an absolute exorbitant amount of work. Like all of us are looking at each other right now because we know the rest of the day is cleaning up cars, running cars around, picturing cars, getting them online, writing descriptions, printing out car packs, printing out buyers. Oh, it is. So much work. Let's just keep doing the podcast. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, that doesn't include the cars that we put on the road and the customer base that we're still helping. You know, tie up little loose ends and little headlights and little bulbs and little things like that. And um, yeah, it's 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 insane. So there's fortunately like five of them are coming from other places, so they're not here yet. They're we on had the like way. what thirteen show up. Yep. So, so there's there's four or five of us here that all pitch in. No. Um, what? You know, this is kind of uh, the game of being independent, right? We're not this huge monster store. We don't have a lot of people to, to do this stuff, yeah. Or a lot of space, even. Yeah. yeah. What, um, let's get into a little bit of, like, the benefits. What, because we've come up with a few different reasons. Why, be, why us being independent can benefit the consumer. And then why us being independent benefits us rather than being back at a big box store. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I think, you know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the difference between 
Okay, here's a great example. So I was talking to one of my buddies. He's a used car manager at one of the big dealerships, and we were talking about trade-in values. So like when you're coming to trade in a value, you know, in a vehicle, and I was talking to him, I said, you know what? The, the number one thing that's surprised me the most is how much more money we give on trades than I would if I was at a big dealership. Like it is, I, it's easy to sell, to seal the deal um, and give more on a trade and make, and make a deal happen infinitely more because there's so many times that we'll, that let's say, I mean, here's a perfect example. Um, we had a Sequoia that we wanted to sell. And it was, it was a good deal. We were making good money, but the trade-in was their hot button and they had a bunch of negative equity. And long story short, we gave them way more money, two or $3,000 more than we would have if we were at a big box store. 100%, no ifs, ands, or buts about this. Overpaid. Overpaid, 100%. Like, there's, no, there's no question about it. We overpaid for this vehicle. Now, why do we do that? Well, we wanted to make the deal, which, which was awesome. And then... We put $17,000 in this Jeep, and I think we might be able to sell it for seventeen nine, maybe seventeen grand. Like We will not make a lot of money on this vehicle, but it helps us sell a car, and it's not as big of a deal um, because we are, our, our overhead is so small. Mm-hmm. When you're one of those big stores, you just can't afford to do that. You truly can't afford to do it because you have to be able to make Tell Tell, yeah, tell the people sense. listening what? the cost of replacing wiper blades. Oh, I feel I, 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 I Yeah. <laughs> There are, so we'll just put it this way. If you, a lot of these big stores, and this is, this is. Okay, how much are wiper blades when we replace them? You send me down to Walmart. 18 bucks tops. Yeah. 20, bucks, two bucks. Bucks. Yeah. 20 bucks. 20 yeah. bucks. Okay. So the funny thing is all these, most dealers, most large dealers have a service department attached to them. Okay. And obviously the service department's owned by the same owner. And because of that, they'll, the service department's making money on all the used cars as well. Okay. And because the, that's their mechanic. It's their mechanic. There's, I mean, the sales department takes the used car. Yep, and they and they go through their service department. Uh, yeah. Well, one of my buddies had to pay a hundred dollars to get wiper blades. That's just that's just how it's set up. That's how that's how the situation is. And so, it, I mean, it really doesn't affect the consumer. It's just crazy how different your mindset is at a big store versus a small store. Now, but if he knows he's going to have to put, so he has to pay less. His his labor rate's higher, so he. If he no. knows he's going to be putting more money into that used car, he has to give less on a trade. Like, you, right. you just have to. It's right. logical. Like, your margins are the same. You want to make the same money. So, you know, I, th- I think now I'm not saying that's, like, perfectly universal all that way. I, you know, I don't necessarily. I guess what I'm saying is that ties into our, our overhead, right? Yeah. Like, right. When, when you say overhead, not only is it, like, our building rent space and, and things like that, but I'm thinking, like, we, we get a wholesale rate on labor with mechanics. Oh, yeah. And that saves us so much. Just 30 to 40% of what you normally pay retail, which is awesome. So, I mean, that's one of the cool things about being independent. Um, Well, one of the cool things that I like about being independent is, uh, and I think about this all the time, but we're, so we're the owners. We're the decision makers, right? And my, one of my biggest issues with when I worked at a big box store was that I always had to like talk to multiple managers to get, a decision on something mm-hmm. and here we get to make that decision so really if you're if you have some integrity and you're you try to be as you know fair and honest as you can be right it's like perception is reality so uh, some people will see it one way some people see another um, you can take care of your customers the way that you want to take care of your customers and you don't you don't have to bounce that off of multiple people who are freaking out about the amount of overhead they have and they don't want to do anything to help anybody because they can't 
financially, they're like, no, it doesn't make sense. I can't do that. So we're not helping them. Well, tied into that, there's also this weird like stigma in the car industry. Like, so I'm, I'm a salesman, I'm a sales manager. I'm what I'm, I'm in this, you know, whatever. There's this stigma. You don't want to give any money up. You don't want to help anyone. And it's almost like this, like something to be proud about that you're going to be hard and you're going to be firm and you're going to be unwavering. What manager stands up, walks out on the showroom with a customer who's mad or irritated or whatever. And they want something for free or they want something to be recompensated to them. And they stand up and go, watch this. Literally, I've had men yep. say, watch 100%. this. And then they come back and they're like, they didn't get a dime. And the customer's leaving pissed. And you're just like, bro. Didn't go right. so well. Well, it is what it is, right? Like you do you, right? Like the car industry, like yeah. 100%. You do you. Like it is what it is. But I, I remember feeling guilt when I, when, um, I would pay for something when, I, when we started the dealership. Like someone's like, oh, this happened. I'm like, okay, we'll take care of it. And like a guilt that like I was doing something for the last 10 years that I felt like wasn't the right thing to do. Like, no, you hold firm, you hold the money. You want to, you keep every penny you can, like you fight for every inch. And all of a sudden I'm giving, you know, 200 bucks in breaks because the customer doesn't like it a month later, 30 days, I mean, two months later, but I feel like it's the right thing to do because I want to make the customer happy. Yeah. I felt guilty. Like I've done something wrong. Let me say too, though, sometimes it doesn't make them happy. Sometimes there is no making them happy. Yeah. I feel like uh, there's been a couple of customers where it's like, I was wronged, and like no matter what you do, well, yeah, it's it's few and far between. I would say, oh no, it's I would definitely say, rare. I would say at the big stores because you do you do so little that happens more often. I feel like, well, let me counter this: being here at a location 364 days. Is that right? 364. Okay. Well, okay. Well, I like it. I like it. I like it. I see what you did you there. Did okay. well. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. We you are, know, no, it's leap year. No. So it's 365. Oh, oh you missed oh. it. Oh. But it wasn't leap year last year. Yeah, but it didn't Tomorrow matter. It started March 1st. Oh, okay. Extra day. That is your thought, Swanee. Holy crap. Okay. We haven't been here a year, and there's been more than one person that's come back to already purchase a second vehicle. Oh. Oh, I bet it's. We had we had people buy thir three cars. They're on their third car they purchased. That I think speaks volumes. Dude. And I also that's what's amazing. And I, I also don't think that's. I think that's. You know, we before we started the podcast, we we're kind of talking about what we want to chat about. And one of the things we we're talking about is, you know, of course I want to say that independents are better and that we have so much more flexibility and blah blah. blah. Of course, and I, I bias, and I truly believe that, but yeah. it's a little biased yeah. because. You know, people do want to come back here. And, and, I, and I also know there, there, are, there are big stores, big dealers, and we don't ever say names, you know, about the big stores, but they they are, are. there are some that are, there are some that are, that really run a great business. I really completely agree with that. And they're big box and they, and they do it different, you know, well, but there, there are more that don't. But one, you know, oh, so. there's way more yeah, that don't. One of the things that Clint said was like, he's like, I've had multiple people say, I'm never going to a big store again. I'm only going to come here. I'm only going to come to small independents. And I said, well, well, Clint, they said the same thing to you when you were at those big stores. Like when you were their salesman, then like a lot of it is a personal interaction. Right. Coming to yeah. that person. You know, yeah. and so, but because, you know, we are the owners and because we do everything, I, I really do think it's a, a unique interaction, you know, because, you know, when people find out they're talking to the owner, they do, they do treat it a little bit differently. Like, look, I can, we can figure out a solution that will make both of us happy. Well, it's like, it's like maybe in the back of their mind, they don't feel like they have to just throw a fit so they can escalate it to someone who can make the decision. Like oh, yeah. They've already reached the top. Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, when they, they came it, in to buy a car, they right, reached the top. Right, that is actually, I, I never thought of it that way, but I mean, and the funny thing is we, we don't have a receptionist. 
right? You call the number, one of us two are answering every time. Well, 90% of the time. When he gets answered. And we might not answer, we'll call you back. Clint's with, text the, you. Clint's with the customer, he refuses to answer the phone call. They, they get 100% of my attention if they're with me. I don't care who's calling me. You refuse to answer. I doubt they're getting 100% of your attention. They're getting 98%. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, so that's another interesting thing is because I do think people call in and they, like, immediately get to the person they want to talk to. It's not like we're hiding. So it's like, because, oh, I know at the big stores, you've got three layers of protection. You've got your receptionist, you got your salespeople, you got your sales manager, you're hiding up in a closet in the back office. Like, they never come well, talking to you. They'll put you off, put you off, put you off. And eventually, if you don't go away, you'll finally get to somebody. But otherwise, if, if you just give up on it, they're like, thank goodness. Yeah, oh, 100%. Have a nice right. day. And, I, and the, one of the things that we do, uh, I think Clint's always like, let's just deal with this. Let's just, let's just move on with life. Like, we don't want to dwell on this. We don't want to be talking to someone every week for five weeks like you know like if there's an issue let's yeah. resolve it let's do the most we can and clint's actually i, I have one in particular it's such a bad situation and like honestly this this truck just had more problems than it's reasonable it's just crazy like it's just it's crazy it's crazy like For it's a hundred thousand mile truck anyways it's, it's it's sense. i don't want to get too much into it but it's i know but yeah it's he's crazy. spent multiple thousands we've after the fact has spent multiple thousands and clint's just done a really exceptional job of being like do you feel like we like are we doing are we pulling our part? Do you feel like he's like yes? It's not your fault. I just am so mad at the situation. Like so, he's Clint's been able to make sure the customer is not mad at us personally, but mad at the situation, mad at the vehicle, and and that we're doing our part. You know? He basically told me, I might not give you a review like a good like a five star review, but I will not give you a bad review. So I just I just won't give you a review. But because you right. because you've done more than I know you have to do oh, way like more. way more way he's more. like you, you're you i know you have no obligation to go any further because you've done and this is probably the most we've ever spent on one it car is. for a no, customer but is. it's just like you know you talk about the right thing to do well everybody has a different perspective of what the right thing well, to do is. have different right different ideas different of what, ideas and different and levels for me the right thing is what my gut tells me is the right thing it's yeah. it, it, it's it's not tied to any like you know uh, dollar description of what the right thing is, you know, or what anybody's opinion of the right thing is. It's just the person, the situation, well, the vehicle. Kind of interesting about what you stuff. just said is, I think that's what everyone, how everyone is, is. It's what their gut tells them, right? And there are some people, their gut tells me, no, I want everything. I want more. You haven't done enough. And I think, I mean, yeah. I guess that's just life, right? Like trying to describe and explain, here's where we're coming from, you know, because. Have you noticed that Clint does that with trucks when he's buying? He's like, no research, no like, Value. He just goes with his gut feeling. He's just like, yeah. Why well, go with my 18. Guy, it's always a winner. <laughs> that well, 100% is not true. Okay. 100% off that. If I haven't done the research and I haven't done the stuff and I go with my gut, I don't like. I don't like where that goes. So <laughs> James is better at just like, yeah. I can pay that and doing no research. No, I'm me. I do all the research because I know better. I think I learned the hard I way. I just remember. I just, I am totally joking about you, Clint, because I just remember we have found this one particular niche product and the books and the value match nothing alike. Oh, don't say what it is. I won't. But I remember just being like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. You are thousands of dollars off. Yeah. And, and, the, and I went with my gut on that one. I was so mad at him when he bought this. I wouldn't speak to him. I was so mad. Like, 
because because it, we are a partnership. Like it's you know technically techni technically his his voice is is equal to mine. And in this moment, I was so mad. Like I just I, I didn't know how to express myself that he had done something I just thoroughly and totally disagreed with. And we made three grand on it the next day, and we I sold it in 24 hours. Yeah, it was <laughs> so much crow. Well, and the funny thing is, you also don't know what you don't know. Like. I am not sitting here doing this podcast thinking I know everything about the car industry. I know that I don't. Like, we talk to other dealers or we hear other stories about other dealers like, oh, they're doing this or, or they're doing this and here's how they're making money. And it also kind of gets us to, oh, should we do that or should we start thinking? And like, I, to, I always tell Colin, I'm like, look, we have a business model that's working. I want to stick with what we're doing. Yeah. Right. And, and I've been, and I've been in this industry pretty much my entire career since I was a young teenager. And I will never claim that I know the secret formula for success at a dealership. Because one of the crazy but you've got to pick your, your path and stick with it. That's Be, what you got to do. Because car sales is so, I don't know if alpha is the right like term, but like so just, you get paid on what you do, right? So the people that are good, who get paid very well, they get a very big ego. They, they want to bang on their chest. They want to like, say, I did it. look what I did and look what I'm paid to do what I did. And, and you technically don't need any education. There's a lot of people that don't have any, anything more than a high school diploma, which is fine. Or GED, whatever, right? You know, and so mm -hmm. because you get those, some of those people, when they are that successful and can make six figures and, and do very well for themselves, it breeds an incredibly arrogant um, person. And so because of that, you know, when Clint's, when Clint's sitting here saying, oh, I would never say that I know everything. Oh, I've met people on a daily basis that are like, oh, we know everything. Like, they're so confident in what they do that they're like, oh, I, I, I can't be wrong or I can't do this. And like, I'm right, you're wrong. I mean, we all work. I mean, if you've been in the car industry, you know exactly the kind of manager I'm talking about where they can do no wrong. They are only right. And that's, that person sucks to work for. But because of the industry, because it's such a unique situation, it breeds that person. And right. it is. And so I think. And there is a small percentage of people that can achieve, right, in the grand scheme of things, that yeah. can achieve that kind of success. Yeah without any education and they just it's natural ability or whatever learning sure, sure. and 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 it it really even even myself i I'm, I'm i didn't go to college and i've been in sales and i eventually became a good salesman right and and when the i best when i promoted salesman. one of the best when i promoted really quickly i even myself who i don't think i'm an egotistical person I got to the point where I was like feeling that, you know, I was feeling that prying at me. Like, dude, you've, you've achieved a lot of success in a really short period of time. You're a general sales manager of a store. And dude, I honestly didn't know what to do with that. I was like, I don't like this. Well, one you of the know? other things I think that was unique about that situation is that anyone that knows Clint, Clint is the, he's not an egotistical person. And, you know, he's not a, uh, He's, he's, he's such a good person, so kind, that I honestly think when he was in that role, people didn't like it. Like he didn't like demand an authority? How is this guy thing? the one that's leading us? Right. Yeah. He's not yeah. banging on his chest. He's not yelling. He's not dropping the F word. He's not freaking us out. He's not yelling. Like, it is so, like, like loud. I'm more of a traditional manager because I'm so loud. I'm, you know, I'm a big guy. I'm 6'7", big, loud, booming voice. Don't mind yelling, like to get emo like emotional, like a football coach, right? Where they want to like elicit mm -hmm. this emotion and it's like, we're going to go do this and we're going to, and Clint's not that way. And so I think when Clint found that success in being a manager, it was not appreciated, at least 
from other, from most people beneath him. Managers, man. Most like salesmen loved him. I was going to say a lot of the salesmen like, really, you know, because you were kind to him. And of course yeah. the customers loved him, but now that he's in a situation where he doesn't have to worry about that. Like there's no, like no, there's no one up above saying why, why did they make manager? Or below. Above. I'd say more often below, right? Yeah. The other managers being like this guy, how'd this guy get promoted over me? Right? Because everyone's so ego. Everyone's so, that now that he's here, there's no one thinking that he's able to do all those things. And I, I feel like he was the right person in those, in those situations, but because of the culture and because of the industry, it's hard for that kind of person to succeed because just because of what it is. And so now that we're here in our own place, like it's just so much better. It's so much, I think it's so much better for him. So much better for me. Yeah. And way better. I think I, you know, I just, I don't know. I was telling you the other day, I was just like, I, I'm so happy with where things are at. You know, I'm not saying like, I don't know if content story or I don't, I don't know if I like that word. I just like that. But it, it, this is fun. Like this is, this is enjoyable. Like I, I don't dread coming to work at all, at all. It's the exact opposite. Actually. I'm just like, Oh, I can't wait to get to work. I got all these cards. We got to get going on. And it's, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just awesome. I like it. I want to say thank you to everyone that supported us in the last year. Yeah. It's and been a year. I know. Right. How long's the podcast know, been going right? a year and a half? Minus this two months. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pretty much. I think we started like maybe in August. Yeah, something like that. Oh, dude. With a, with a microphone that picked up every noise and room echo. and. Okay, we're not going to promise so that we'll be here next week. Well, you know what? the week after yeah. that. But we're going to try. But even even if you don't do the podcast, the this setup is a great yeah. conversation so, piece. So, <laughs> okay. Swanee yeah. leaves the, 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 the microphones, microphones out on his desk. Like... They're kind of like closed up, but they're still there. And everyone's always like, almost. Yeah. Every person that comes in. What, what, what goes on oh, over there? What do you guys do over there? It's been two months. They're, but they're like, really? What? What would you talk about? Blah, blah. And, they tell them, and, and they actually like it. It's like the big boss, little boss plaques. Like, like they love it. You know? So. All right. We got a sales call coming in. So guys, thanks for listening. And uh, hopefully we'll be here next week. Thanks. Bye. Hey guys, Swanee here. The three of us at Revolutionary Auto just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed today's discussion, leave us a rating and a review. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We really love when you guys reach out to us, whether it's questions about the car industry, sharing your own stories, or just offering words of encouragement. So to chat with us, jump onto Facebook Messenger, drop us a line. It really keeps us going throughout the week.